Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in January of 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, and smarty pants. My pants are smart. Mm Mm-hmm. This is true. T.C. was a touring comic. He wasn't really that funny, but he did tour around. Uh, He lost his voice for eight years and 23 doctors couldn't help him. Oops. Yep. So he went a little psycho researching nutrition and how the body works and now he teaches what he learned in books, movies, and radio shows and... Oops. He won't shut up about it. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Yeah, that's all he knows he how to say. He just likes using his yeah, voice because he, he works so hard that. to get it back. Right, yeah. right. Now I got, I got stuff to say now. Yeah. yeah. I'm chatty. Yeah, it's all those years of not speaking. And that other voice you hear over there, that is Will Hottie Patati Schmidt. Hi. Will, <laughs> yeah, Will burned himself in a sauna. Oh. Yeah. That's Will, a sad story. Will, if you need me to put ointment on you, I will. Okay. You can get all ointmented. <laughs> uh-huh. Thanks. So if you have not liked us on Facebook, then you are in trouble. Yeah, what, don't you like us? Yeah. What, Why what? haven't you liked us? Exactly. Don't you like us? Where's the love? Why are we doing this if you don't like us? So just pull over, stop whatever you're doing, and go ahead and like us at Kick It In The Nuts, and we're going to post topics there every single week on future shows that we'll be doing, and you guys can post any questions that and you want us to cover. Yeah, and we usually do that Sunday night. Like, well, Sunday night we'll put up, hey, this is what the next show is going to be about. What do you want to ask? And you exactly. can just ask questions. Yeah. Because we're fancy now, today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's cool. It is cool. I should probably get one of those, uh, the gray books. Shade, the porn things, Shades of Grey. We should read an excerpt of each show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll do that on the show next time. We'll do that next week. Tune in. All right. So today we are talking about chronic fatigue. And boy, I'm tired today. Yeah. I'm I'm too tired. Let's go. Just talking about it's making me sleepy. (laughs) We should do a nap. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do. Naps are awesome. Yeah. I like naps and coloring. <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, when it was appropriate to do those things, I was so pissed yeah, anytime yeah, I had I to do those things. Now, if I could just go but, back and take those right. naps. Both of those things are like so mm. awesome now. When was the last time you colored? Um, years. You should do it. You should do it. Just, mm. just grab some kid's little book. He'll cry for a minute, but... When your pictures are a lot prettier than his, he'll understand. Oh, I should <laughs> exactly. let you color. If waste they are, a crayon on him. right, yeah. right. But it's it's really it's very uh, calming and uh, it's more it's like it's like a sauna where you don't get burned. Mm, okay, I love All those. Right. Yeah. yeah. So with chronic fatigue, this is kind of a, it's really. Like all the cool kids have chronic fatigue uh-huh. now. It's a very it gets popular. You out of things. It you does it. Say, I'm tired. You I can use it fatigue. like as a note in gym class and <laughs> stuh-huh, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, Start using that at the gym with you. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to been to be in high school when 
there was so many, such a wide assortment of diseases that you could use for excuses. Right. I don't even know how that goes now. It gets mm-hmm. better every year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they add more. Yeah, new the ones. list is like, <clears throat> what am I going to do? Oh, we added three new diseases. Yay. <laughs> Good. I can get out of volleyball today. Um, but so here's, here's one thing to understand is in this show today, we're going to uh, slap some knowledge on you. We don't have a whole lot of it, but there's going to be a little bit that comes out. We're going to slap some body of knowledge on you. Oh, hey. See what I did there? Plug. Facebook That's page Will's plug. Will Schmidt, <laughs> yeah. my body of knowledge uh-huh. at Facebook. Go there mm-hmm. and there's neat stuff to learn. <laughs> but um, you're not going to find a remedy. You're not going to, we're not going to tell you about some natural remedy for chronic fatigue syndrome. It's, it's not going to happen because there really isn't one. I just heard everyone turn off the radio. Yeah. Um, but the reason is because there's so many different causes for chronic fatigue syndrome. And that's why they have such a hard time pinpointing what the problem is. And it, it kind of turns out to where the diagnosis is just kind of this, uh, I don't know why you're tired, Mm -hmm. so let's call you this. And so there's a lot of confusion about it, but we're going to talk about some of the most common underlying causes today, explain why it can come about, and then you'll get to look at yourself to figure out if those apply to you or not. But here's a good way to look at it. Think about this. Think about that if you didn't eat any food whatsoever for like three days, I you did know, that once. Did you? It, it's I slept not that fun. all day. Right. Yeah. So how does how does that go for you when when you don't eat any food? You're you're usually you're kind of tired. Mm. So here's our advice: is just eat some food. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that, be, <laughs> wouldn't that be horrible if that was Do like the, the best yeah. advice? Yeah. <laughs> but but think about this: if if you're tired when you don't eat any food, how are you? It, it's not eating food that gives you energy. That's not the thing. Eating food doesn't do anything for you. It's what your body does with that food mm. once you eat it that, that gives your body the fuel it needs to be energized and function and all those kind of things. So if you're eating food, but let's say your body can't process the types of foods that you're eating or you can't break down those foods into nutrients that your body can use, there's a lot of different things that can be going on. But if you understand that your body needs nutrients for you to function and to have energy and to do all those things, then you can see that if there's an issue there for you, it can be kind of like you haven't eaten anything in three days. So when that's the case, you're kind of tired all the time. And then what if you get tired after you eat? That's a good one. And that's what a lot of people will look at is they'll look at, you know, uh, I ate an hour ago, and I'm I'm tired like every four hours in the day. And they don't look at the fact that it's because you just ate, your body's using all the resources it has to try and break down that food, or there could be other issues where it's a, a sugar handling issue, where if you're eating a lot of carbs and sugars and uh, your insulin is a little more powerful, you can drop your sugars too low and then you crash. So there's a lot of reasons, but people look at it like, Man, it seems like every four hours I'm totally wiped out. Like I'm, I'm fatigued chronically. Mm-hmm. I must be chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh-huh. So, Will, why don't why don't you talk a little bit about some different ways that maybe a person would not have fuel, even if they were eating and they weren't starving themselves? Yeah. So if if their digestion isn't working and they're not getting any energy from that food, then 
their body is experiencing their food as a toxin or an invader that it's just trying to deal with. So that will sap your energy just like any other toxin or invader, like when you're tired, when you have a cold or something like that. Sure. But then there's also different issues with body chemistry imbalances, which are more prone towards uh, being tired all the time. Like if you're low blood pressure or electrolyte deficient, as we say, if you're stuck in either the catabolic or the anabolic state, that will make you feel kind of low energy and off all the time and not able to sleep in regular cycles. If you're carbohydrate metabolism is off, whether you're a slow or fast oxidizer, either one of those will screw with the amount of ATP your body's making and the energy that you're producing. And if you're too alkaline, that can also make you not able to oxidize sugars at a good rate, make you very anxious, but also kind of spacey and feel like your brain isn't really on. Right. And let's look at a couple of these uh, one by one and kind of break them down, especially for people who have not heard our show or any read any of our books or anything. So when we talk about imbalances like an anabolic or a catabolic imbalance, uh, we're talking about the it's at, it's at the cellular level. Uh, during the day, our cells should be open and so that we can create energy, and then at night they kind of close more so we can rebuild. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the over-alkaline situation and, and how oxygen can get stuck and not be able to get down to the tissue level where it needs to be to create so we can have energy. Yeah, sure. So when you're in alkalosis, your blood, does it, this be, technically when you look at the, the blood pH level, when that is a little higher than it should be, the blood cells do a really, really extra good job at picking up oxygen when they go through the lungs, but they don't ever let go of it until those little blood cells bump into carbon uh, dioxide, CO2. Once they do, that CO2 pulls the oxygen off of the blood cell or out of the blood cell and pulls it, helps it usher it into the tissue where oxidation can occur. And we think, oh, oxidation's bad. Don't we want antioxidants and all these things? Right. But it's much more helpful to think of oxidation like when your engine is on in your car, like you're burning fuel. Like <laughs> right. That's right. what you want when and you're trying are, to go. There's a lot of people who have excess oxidation, and that's the bad thing that people are just trying to say. You need more antioxidants, mm. but not everybody needs that. But we do all need some form of oxidation in order to function and not be a blob on the floor. Yeah, or else your car isn't going to go anywhere. Your right. cells aren't going to make any energy. So, And that can also make you really, really anxious when, that, when that's happening. So that catabolic state is that one where there's dysarobia and extra oxidation occurring, and that can be damaging and age you prematurely and also like just make you feel kind of exhausted like a candle burning at both ends right. all the time. Mm -hmm. Where the anabolic state where there's under-oxidation occurring, it's like a candle that's not burning at either end, and neither one is really great. And you, you can see that when people are on like... Have you ever seen anyone that's done anabolic steroids, like bodybuilders, for a long time and they haven't done it with really good guidance? They're like never awake. They're like huge, but they're just like puffy eyed and like so sleepy. And Is it because they don't have a neck anymore? Yeah, they just can't lay down. <laughs> so, but no, they're, they're in this always resting state, which can also feel like you're always tired or sleepy, you know? Right. And when we talk about these different states, um, both states are appropriate. We, with the body's in a, in a catabolic state during the day. It's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be in an anabolic state at night. But problems come with, uh, you know, energy, uh, creating energy when we get stuck in one state or another. And it's, it's very common. People can get stuck for, for many different reasons. But in our, uh, in our free digestion course on kickitinthenuts.com, we teach you how to run really simple tests that you can look at at home 
where you're just looking at like blood pressure and the rate at which you breathe and like you know urine saliva pH and these things can kind of give you some pictures of how your body is operating so instead of you saying well I'm just I'm just freaking tired you can look at why are you tired look at what what could be going on that is uh uh, you creating situations where your body cannot create the energy from the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Why do babies and old people sleep all the time? Just because it's like, it's, it's that thing where you're allowed, like you're supposed to have nap time <laughs> and then we just oh, blow it off. Like it's nothing. And then we have to wait until we're 80 until it's cool to I, have nap time I again. I love naps. Yeah. yeah. Naps are yeah. cool. But another one we can look at is, um, Let's look at, for example, people with blood sugar handling issues and the slow oxidizers or even the regular diabetic profile, which we pretty much always see. I've never seen an exception to this. Always turns out to be catabolic and a slow oxidizer. Really seems like it does. Pretty right? much. I'm not going to say that's for everyone forever. But and we're talking type 2 diabetics. Yeah, so, not type yeah. 1. So when people in that state are insulin resistant, they're not good at burning carbohydrates for energy. And they're not necessarily very good at using fats for energy or proteins either. They're, both sides of the digestion could be off. But they're not getting the stream of glucose to their brain or their cells that they need. So a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just try to eat really high glycemic or very quickly processed sugars to try to give themselves a boost. So they right. always want like a little sweet after their meal or something like that that they can tap into really quickly. Another thing that people will do a lot of times is like they'll feel really gross and, and heavy when they're eating all these proteins and fats that they're not good at breaking down. So they'll do something like a juice cleanse and they'll feel like tons and tons of energy during this juice cleanse, usually on a roller coaster level. Like sometimes they'll be totally not so spacey, falling right. over, and then they'll be a crazy manic hyper. Right. Some people are a bit better at like balancing and just feeling like super high all the time on a juice cleanse. But it's really important to know that's a very temporary and also slightly damaging thing to do, even if it's like a green juice cleanse, because you're ruining your insulin response. Like the longer and longer that you go on a juice fast, the more and more your cells are getting accustomed to being barraged by liquid sugars and the more insulin resistant they become. So when you go back to eating solid foods and stuff, even though you feel like you maybe fixed your chronic fatigue by going on this juice cleanse, when you go back to eating proteins and fats, which you need to do because your body needs them, you feel even worse because your digestive system is even weaker and your insulin response is even worse. So I'm not really a big fan of, of those Right, approaches. right. But it does explain why people will feel better and also if... If their digestion can't break down food, but they're putting all their food in this blender and liquefying it, well, they just digested that food, so now they can access some of those nutrients Mm -hmm. better. But there are better ways to do it. Um, Another thing while we're on the sugar topic is you might say, okay, well, I'm not type 2 diabetic. But if a type 2 diabetic is having a very difficult time processing carbohydrates at all, um, then you can see that... uh, the way that we process carbs as humans varies greatly from person to person. So even if you're not type 2 diabetic, you still may not be uh, having a great insulin response to the carbs that you're eating. So you may not be processing carbs that well. Or your insulin could be so strong that when you eat carbs, you rip through them in like 10 minutes and then your sugar just crashed and now you're have no fuel left anymore. Mm. So there's a lot of variations that can cause a person to either not be able to access the fuel they're eating or rip through it too quickly to the, all of a sudden they have none. I'm like, oh, I'm tired again. Every day at 3 o'clock, 
I'm chronically fatigued. Mm-hmm. I must have chronic fatigue mm-hmm. syndrome. What, why is sugar always bad, the bad guy? <laughs> you know, it's not always the bad guy. It doesn't, we don't have, have to always punch sugar in the face, but we have to understand that, especially the way that we eat sugar now, and that you can't... You mean with a spoon out of yeah, a pouch? Yeah, right. I just had a flashback to those fun dip things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those. those are good times. <laughs> right. But like, you can't, today, you can't even buy a lampshade that's not crammed with sugar. I mean, it's just in everything, and it's, and it's in a form that uh, is not natural to the body. And uh, so it doesn't, it, it doesn't include all the minerals that our body needs to process it. So we have a harder time processing it. So then what the body does is it calls on more insulin to process that sugar. And as insulin goes higher and higher, then the body's like, screw you, I'm not listening to you anymore, insulin. And then we become resistant. And then abracadabra, we're type 2 diabetic. So oh. it's not that the sugar is evil. It's just the way that we consume it is, is just dumb. It's just not good. Hmm. I know it's sad times. Mm-hmm. But it does explain how... Chronic fatigue can have so many different levels and options. Like, you know, some people are tired all the time. Some people are just chronically tired, you know, at different points in the day. Some people just wear me out. Right. Right. Are, you, why are you looking at me? And oh. some, you know, we can also just point back to the episode we did on insomnia about that can be in itself just keeping you stuck in chronic fatigue, even if there's other things that you're that we address in this podcast that don't seem to match, you might want to listen to that one as well if you're having trouble sleeping because you're never going to be energized if you can't sleep. Right, and if you have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue and you've done any research on yourself, you'll see that you know maybe half of the cases are due to uh, sleep issues where the person is not getting the proper amount of sleep, so they're fatigued a lot. So in that case, it's, it's not that... The chronic fatigue syndrome is ruining your sleep. Other issues are ruining your sleep. And listen to our insomnia episode so that you can look at your own physiology because there's a lot of different causes for insomnia. It's not just one thing. All right. We're ready for some questions? Yes. Ah, yeah. Amber from Clare, Michigan. Does working in a classroom of 15 four-year-olds cause chronic fatigue? Okay, oh, seriously. I've never been diagnosed with chronic fatigue, but never seem to have energy. How do I know if it's a deficiency or chronic fatigue? That's a lot of four-year-olds to mm-hmm. have at one. To have at one yeah. Yeah. I would have chronic fatigue yes. if yeah. I was I, I got tired listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I think people view chronic fatigue syndrome as some disease that they caught or that they inherited or this is the what I was dealt and I think that you have to kind of view it as there's a situation that happens to a whole lot of people they don't understand why so we have to have a name to that or the person feels like they're a circus freak and that there's something wrong with them but if they can be diagnosed with an issue that other people have, then they can feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not the only one. Other people deal with this too, so I can feel like a human. And, oh yeah, what drug comes with that? <laughs> so that's just kind of how the medical world works, is that there has to be a diagnosis or you can't uh, prescribe any type of drug to go with that. So I think that Amber is looking at it the right way. You know, is it a deficiency or do I have chronic fatigue syndrome? Well, it's... It may not be a deficiency, but it is some type of issue with you processing food or utilizing nutrients or eating the nutrients 
that you can utilize. Will, can you explain to Kenna for me? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, just talk a little Why, bit. she's not working here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Why today is her last day? Um, talk about how, you know, we eat foods that people tell us that are healthy. Yeah. Um, but not everybody can process fats correctly. Not everybody can process carbs, you know. So if, you, if you're removing the foods that are the what you process, that's a problem. Yeah, so like whether you hear it's a good idea to like be vegan or to eat the, like just protein, like the Atkins diet or whatever it is, that may or may not work for you depending on what your digestion is capable of and what your metabolism needs. So when you don't have good bioflow, fats are not going to be good for you. They're not going to help you. You need to fix that issue because you do need them ultimately. But you you don't want to just say like, oh, well, Tony said I should eat butter because butter is good for me. Whatever, you know. Right. If you can't process yeah. butter, that's, that just turns a toxic. Exactly. Gook. Same thing with carbohydrates for someone who's very insulin resistant, like a diabetic, or proteins for someone who doesn't have good stomach acid production to break it down. So there's really, really great, super effective digestive supplements we talk about all the time, like the hydrochloric acid and beet flow and other things you can do to improve bioflow, like coffee enemas or coffee suppositories. But you want to get those systems working because you need all those different macronutrients. Like you don't want to just etch yourself into a little restrictive diet box of the things you can digest and just try to work with right, that, right. which is what people do all the time. Yeah, before I understood this stuff, I had four things I could eat. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> I, and I ate those four things all the time. Yeah. And sometimes to mix it up, I would take two of those things and kind of cram them together yeah. in a ball so it would just right. taste a little bit different. <laughs> right. But the, you know, people do that a lot. They just kind of search for something that will allow them to get by. Yeah. But you can do better than that. Yeah. And with Amber's question of like, how do you know if it's a deficiency or chronic fatigue? Like, one, if you're tired all the time, that's chronic fatigue. Like, that's what that is, right? So you don't have to look for a genetic history of that or whatever. Right. Look and see like, where is your body in and out of balance and all the key ranges that we talk about, like your blood pressure, your breath rate, your pH, is all the self tests that we talk about on the free digestive issues course you mentioned earlier at kickinthenuts.com. And then you'll know like, what's in and out of balance and you'll start to know a lot more about how your digestion's working too, which is the whole foundation of, of fixing all of this. Right, and if, if your blood pressure is low, like the systolic is below 112, um, that's going to be the most common underlying issue with people that are dealing with chronic fatigue that we see. It's, uh, it's there's not enough minerals in there for signals to travel and for all of the... The body does a lot of stuff besides the stuff that you tell it to do. There's a lot going on, and it needs resources to do that. And, and low blood pressure is a, a strong indication that you don't have a lot of resources. Mm. What, you have other questions, Kenna, there? I do have other questions. Ross, I've heard it can be an adrenal issue. Any truth to that? Hello, Ross. Mm. Um, wonder how Rachel is. She's fine. Oh, good. Hi, and talk. Phoebe? Yeah, they're fine. And Monica and Chandler. No more of that. Mm. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have heard this, too, um, and we've talked about this a little bit on other shows, but... I understand why the medical world views it as an adrenal issue because they look at these people with chronic fatigue syndrome and their adrenals are all shot and tired and not functioning correctly. But the way that we view it is that when the body doesn't have the resources it needs to function, a lot of times the adrenals will be called on 
to jack up some hormone levels and get some adrenaline going and do all these things as a last ditch effort to get the body to function correctly. So yeah, the adrenals get a little bit tired. Yeah, you can look at it that way, like just really low resources and they're doing the best that they can to try to like cope with that. And that can be a stressful thing itself when you can't think straight and you have a lot of work demands, whatever. So right. you can look at the strain on your adrenals there. But then you, you should also look at a couple main things that we detect when we help someone look at their chemistry. One, like if they are not breaking down protein and they don't have enough nitrogen to go around in their system, their endocrine system will not run right. It just does it will not function correctly so the thyroid gets blamed for it a lot adrenal stress so that's another reason you need to fix protein digestion you need to have stomach acid and without it pretty soon things are going to start to break down that's why most people that really like really strictly stick to like a vegan diet for a long time end up with that kind of issue like thyroid problems and such and then you could also look at what is your nervous system having to do because of your metabolism? And we've talked about this before, how if you are a slow oxidizer, your autonomic nervous system will put you into fight or flight to try to speed the rate at which you're performing glycolysis or carbohydrate metabolism. And that can be exhausting also. Right. How long are you going to ask your body to stay in fight or flight? You know, until you fix the slow oxidizer issue, which can be decades. Right, right. And a, a lot of people will treat adrenals, and there's all these treatments to fix uh, adrenal fatigue and all this stuff, but you're kind of just beating a dying horse mm-hmm. when you're doing that. And we find that if you can help give the body what it's really looking for, what it really needs to function, that the adrenals will come back around in you know eight or nine days, and they'll be fine. But you have to first fix the underlying cause of what the body's having trouble with. Mm-hmm. Shelly, Tallahassee, Florida. How is it that my chronic fatigue doesn't improve no matter how much sleep I get? So that's a good question, Shelly. And go Knowles there in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll see that when you, if you research chronic fatigue that only some of the cases are due to sleep problems. So if... If your fatigue is due to a lack of resources or, in a, or an inability to process the types of foods you're eating, all that kind of stuff, then sleep is not going to help you at all. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to wake up low blood pressure or nitrogen deficient or right. whatever it is, you know. So look at your base numbers in your body chemistry and your digestion. And once those numbers all get dialed and you're, if you're still tired, then you can shoot me in the foot. So if, yeah, if napping is not helping you, <laughs> try the coloring one. we talked about both of those before everybody's different some people need to nap some people need to color i like to color elmo and i like to nap i want to right now sheree what link if any is there between cfs ah she's getting she's getting all she knows the lingo and major depression do you see many people who have been diagnosed with one when they have the other yes (laughs) oh okay Cool. Why don't you hit that That was one? easy well, one. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you might, Sheree, want to look at or listen to the podcast that we had about depression and also the other one we had about anxiety. And they are all related to this, like the amount of energy that your body has available and minerals that it has available and its ability just to feel stable and like it can do things. They're all super connected to your emotional well-being, your mental performance, your athletic performance. Um, 
yeah, so they're, and just your daily energy throughout the day. So yeah, they are all super tied together for a lot of the same reasons. Like if you're low on resources, you're going to be tired, but that will also make you feel depressed and less capable to face your day and less abundant in general. Right, and I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, well, I heard that uh, you know chronic fatigue syndrome can also cause depression or the other way around. And I view it more as they're not causing it to each other. It's just they both have the same underlying cause in, in most cases. So mm-hmm. it, view it as what's really going on with my body, not, oh, I have this, so dang, I got this too. Right. I guess if you were all... Cr- always chronically fatigued you could be bummed about it yeah you yeah, could make you sad <laughs> right yeah. but if you want to get the prescription meds for depression you then you should <laughs> classify the two different ones right right but and if you let's say that you're on meds now let's say that you're on antidepressants now and so you go to our free digestion course and you do your self test and you look at your blood pressure and your blood pressure is normal and you're like okay so that's not it for me but understand that A lot of antidepressants work by restricting a person's ability to pee out their salts. So then their blood pressure comes up and they can function a little bit better. So if you're viewing your blood pressure and you're on meds, uh, if it's normal, it it may not really be normal. You may have very low mineral content. It's just a little higher because of those meds are pushing it that way. Same with smoking, right? Sure. Smoking can do the same type of thing. Uh, same with the, you know, if you just ate a bunch of sugar and you test your blood pressure, it could be higher because of all the sugar that's in your blood at that moment. Yeah, it's really important to develop your awareness of these other things that are pushing your chemistry around because we can achieve balance on like sort of instinctually or unknowingly like I just really like cigarettes. If it's you, if you have a blo- low blood pressure issue, you do your self test, you're like, ah, I don't have low blood pressure. I don't know what they're talking about. Right. But you just smoke 12 cigarettes. And right. Like, well, you're, you know, you need to know that that's how you're getting your numbers into the right zones, and it's not the healthiest way to do it. No, there's other, there's better ways. <laughs> it's not, man, you, right? So, sorry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna give me a give pack me. of cigarettes to raise my blood pressure. <laughs> nice. Xanax okay, and cigarettes yeah. on your way. I think we awesome. only have time for one more question. <laughs> okay, Molly from Las Vegas, Nevada. Seems if you like, have chronic fatigue syndrome in Las Vegas, yeah. it stays in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so and <move. laughs> and you've got some really bad chronic fatigue because they shoot oxygen through the air. That's nice. All the casinos, so that <laughs> keeps you awake. So you should go to the casinos, Molly, so you get some oxygen. Uh, seems like it was a diagnosis for me created to justify two doctors who were systematically over-prescribing me medications. Within four months of my first low dose, I was sleeping four days without waking up. Holy crap. Wow, that's a good nap. Yeah. So that's napping like a mean, isn't it? Oh, the coma, yeah. is that what you call that? What if she woke up and there was a frog beside her? That would be funny. <laughs> Kiss her. Uh-huh. You know, no. uh, no. A few sleep studies later, a WebMD post came up, came up with a never-before-seen description for severe pathological hypersomnolence. Somnolence. Somno- hypersomnolence. Hypersomnolence. Somnolence. Somnolence. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Described as exclusively occurring suddenly in young women, usually before the age of 24, which I was at the time my family doctor gave me the diagnosis. He had been attempting to guide me to a conclusion of chronic fatigue before this. Now I can't find him on any medical registry. My question, how often is CFS utilized by medical professionals to cover negligent care or marginalized preventive measures? Well, 
Um, 22%. 22%. That's accurate. Good, good, Ken. No. no. <laughs> I, I don't want to come across as everything in the medical world is accurate and on the up and up. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But I don't think you've ever come across I don't think no, I've ever come across that like that. That was not my opinion. No, that, um, no, there's no, there's no fear of that. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that we have to look at one aspect realistically. So Because, you know, when I went through 23 doctors and I couldn't figure out my voice issues, I was... And we were all happy at that time. Yeah, it was more yeah, fun yeah, than yeah, the good yeah. old days. <laughs> but I was so pissed off at everybody... Um, and then when I learned that a lot of the treatments that were being used on me are, are fictional and I don't really you know, do anything to help the problem, I was just so mad. But here's what we have to look at. It's not that the doctors are bad people. It's just that they are using the information uh, that comes from a system that is developed by the pharmaceutical companies. And that's just kind of how it's all put together. So the problem with a lot of what they do with issues like this is that they uh, they diagnose off of blood tests. And, Will, can you explain a little bit about how blood is uh, can be compensated? And- yeah, so it's really, really important that your blood stays within specific ranges on a whole lot of things. Like pH is a mm-hmm. really good example. Like If your blood pH goes off, even like a, a few extra tenths of points, it can really, it can kill you. Yeah, you can be dead. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be dead. So, but... Your urine and saliva pH can be all over the charts, and they usually are, like just crazy fluctuations from person to person and even throughout the day. And that's because your body is using those fluids as compensating fluids to keep the blood in this very balanced range. So you'll see a lot of what the body is like shuffling off when you look at the urine and the saliva, but when you look at the blood... It looks like pristine. It's kind of like if you're having house guests and you know they're only going to come into the living room. Right. So you put everything else in the kids' room. You put your room sex swing back yeah, in the room. Yeah, <laughs> all the vibrators go in the kitchen, whatever, right. you know. Right. Like, Wait, what? Right. So you just clean that one room that they're coming into. Like, that's what the blood is. It's that right. one super important room, a fluid compartment. So your body's other that's fluid compartments. Disgusting. Well... That's how it is. Right. So the other fluid compartments will show you a lot about what the body is doing to keep itself regulated. Even when you look at the blood, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. But, but when a doctor takes blood tests, this is really all they're operating on. So they look at the blood work and the person feels lousy. They're hardly functioning. They're hardly human. Um, and the doctor looks at it and he says, well, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But then that's when compassion comes in because he can see the person is miserable and he, he can't just be like, sorry about your luck. You know, your blood thing didn't have anything wrong, so you lose. Next patient, please. Right. So that's where they come up with these diagnoses off of symptoms so that they can at least put a person into a category and a person can feel like, okay, there is something wrong with me. It's not just in my head. Um, I can take a medication for this even. Um, so that's kind of how it works. So it's not, I, I don't know, Molly, maybe in Vegas there was some back, back alley doctor I don't know what was going on but it's not always a situation where the doctor was using something to cover up bad treatment it's just they don't they don't have any answers right and that's how it was for me like when I had what seemed like MS my blood looked perfect all my the nerve tests they did no indications of damage full spinal MRI nothing it was nothing apparent uh, that was off in my in my physiology when they right. did all these tests and I believe they wanted to help me they just weren't looking at the right things, and they weren't taught to think about nutrition. Right. 
Right. And it's, so it's just not in their training. So I don't think we can hold it against them. We just have to look at, you know, there's lots of things that we may need to use medical situations for, but we also have the option to be a little more conscious of what our body is doing and what we can do to help our body function better. And that's something that we kind of have to do ourselves. Mm. So, uh, Will, what, what do you think that we learned today? Well, I think the main things, like usual, when, if you're dealing with chronic fatigue, is to one, look at, is your body able to digest food and use it for energy? Mm-hmm. If not, it's like, start there. Fix- yeah, and we teach in the course all the different things to look at, you know, whether if you can process fats better or carbs, you know, because there's, there's signs that are your body's telling you if it's not processing fats correctly and stuff yeah, like that. There's, yeah, there's little quizzes that you'll take. It's really great course we talk about it too much but i think it's just there's such a valuable first step for people right so you'll do little quizzes where you'll figure out and able to troubleshoot different sections of your digestion and then it'll take you through the self-test where you can start to understand what different body chemical or body chemistry imbalances that you have like if you're low blood pressure or if you're too catabolic or anabolic or stuck in one of these different oxidizing imbalances right can your body even access uh, oxygen you know these things are important to figure out right and once you get all those things dialed you're probably not going to be tired yeah there's a lot of people can do just simple things like even if it's just adding sea salt if they don't have enough mineral to create digestion that you know something like that can help a little bit yeah the the fix is once you figure it out it's not like a hard crazy diet that you have to follow it's just like oh these two things my body needed Right. And some help digesting them. These two things, coffee and cigarettes. And I'm not tired anymore. Right, okay. Good, good job, good job, mm-hmm. um, So yeah, I think that's that's the thing to take away is is don't feel trapped in your diagnosis. Instead, start to look at how your body's functioning and figure out what may not be working well because there's things that you can do to kind of nudge it in the right direction so that you can be functioning as a like a, a real boy. <laughs> That's right. I'm ready to go take a nap. All right, nap on. Me out. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tan- Teeny's Teeny? <laughs> any of Teeny's book, any of Tony's books, or take the free four week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. Well, I'm done. I'm done talking now. Oh, yeah, it's time for a siesta. Cause I know the place where the sun is on.